0: This is uh, Wednesday, and I'm your host for discussions, Ian Trottier, formerly known as the Florida Sun and Spray Show. It works. Seek and Destroy Metallica. That's the third week I've opened up with that because it's fitting, right? I mean, that's uh, it's fitting to a lot of the subjects that we uh, tackle here on the program out of Wynwood in Miami. Seek and destroy corruption. Seek and destroy anything that uh, is dirty and nasty and uh, seeks to tear you down. Okay. And a classic example of that perhaps is vaccines. What about buildings falling down? What about that? What about a movie filmed I think in the late 70s, 79, called something, something about the Medusa, the Hand of Medusa, I think it is. And it's this kind of concept of a plane flying into a tall building. Probably never even heard of that movie, have you? But today's guest has. Christopher Bolin. He'll be joining us in about 14 minutes. And he's going to discuss with us the war on terror. What is that? Did you realize you were at war with terrorists? What are terrorists to, to you? Because the United States government has a whole different definition probably than you have. So we're going to hear about that today. We're going to hear about what solving 9-11, the book, has in it, describes. But what about some other controversial dirt? And if you haven't caught last week's episode, I urge you to please... Go to the website, iantrachier.com That's I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R.com slash radio. Scroll down that page, and you're going to find Dr. Sherry J. Tenpenny. Sherry joined us last week, and I brought in a special guest. Karen Hope, the mother of five. Karen's testimony is... The first three kids were vaccinated and just put yourself for a moment in the shoes of a parent. If you're a parent, if you're not a parent, you're aspiring parent, you can't be a parent, just put yourself in the shoes of being a parent if you can and put yourself in the shoes of this care and hope. You've got five kids. The first three were vaccinated and you're like, hey, wait, why why am I being forced? I feel like I'm being forced to vaccinate and give all these different vaccines to these kids pressure from the pharmaceutical, from the doctors, from the nurses. She refused to vaccinate the latter two. Why? Because the first three fell gravely ill. And it just so happens that the first three kids that were all vaccinated have autism. The latter two that she refused to vaccinate are healthy. Dr. Sherry J. Tenpenny, Dr. Tenpenny has been fighting this for decades. and She joined us last week. I urge you to listen to that episode if you haven't. So today, Christopher will join us. And he's going to talk about his research on 9-11. My first thought when those trade towers went down was, oh my goodness, this would not be happening had Al Gore won the election. That that was my first thought. Now, probably like you, I felt like it was an attack. That's how the news was conveying it. Oh, they were attacked. We were attacked. Make no mistake about it. But just who attacked us? That is case open as far as Christopher Bolin is concerned. Because he'll argue that it wasn't Osama Bin Laden. So who was it? So that's what we'll find out today. Next week, folks. I am not a friend to a very energetic government. Do we have an energetic government? It is always, says Thomas Jefferson, oppressive. Author Ryan S. Walter Walters, will join us next week with Mississippi State Senator Chris McDaniel. And they have dug up dirt, corruption in Mississippi. The GOP party there, they will be joining us next week. And later in a month, we'll be closing it out with Barbara Low Fisher, co-founder and president of the National Vaccine Information Center. Folks, thanks for joining. The program today. This is Discussions with Ian Trottier. I will be right back to bring to you article written by Julie Gomez. Julia Gomez. Her birth name, Julia. And I'll go over that article with you, and then we will bring in today's guest, Christopher Bowen. So, thanks for joining. I'll be right back as I cut to a break. Yes, Metallica, formed in the city of Los Angeles, California. Their bass player, Burton, passed away. And I believe, as the story goes, the replacement was found. I think Cliff was from San Francisco, but they found a replacement, and they relocated to San Francisco. So they have roots in both Los Angeles and San Francisco. I'm a native of San Francisco. And uh, anyway, always uh, a big Metallica fan. It's energizing, right? (laughs) That's a good thing. Always a very good thing. So Julia Gomez, she's uh, the Miami-based writer for the program. We're very grateful and lucky to have Julia on. And uh, her piece this week is, I think, her best work yet. She's a local student at Miami-Dade, and she, she, she wanted to tackle... The Haiti issue, and, 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 and precisely the, the, the comments made by the U.S. president recently about Haiti. So her article, which I want to read to you, and, and this will be a weekly thing, I want to bring to you a reflection of, uh, of um, opinion. Haiti, a breath of free air for you. She cries. So the article reads as this. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free is the most famous quote associated with the Statue of Liberty, an excerpt from Emma Lazarus's sonnet, New Colossus. It is also a mantra, this melting pot, United States of America, highly boasts and prides itself on. However, some may not believe it if they heard the current U.S. president speak. Like him or not, he's very controversial, isn't he? According to the Migration Policy Institute, the number of Haitian immigrants living in the United States of America reached about 676,000 in 2015. The number increased by almost 10,000 from the population recorded in 2010, the increase in, due to the devastating earthquake that occurred in 2010. It destroyed homes, communities, and families and drastically disrupted the lives of many. Soon after the earthquake, cholera outbreak spread through Haiti. It took thousands of lives and is still plagued many to this day. Ex- experts determined that the source of the disease was a U.N. peacekeeping camp, wrote Camilla Dominoske, a reporter for NPR. In 2016, U.N. admitted it played a role in the outbreak. Interesting. The Miami New Times reporter Jerry Linnelli wrote, 24,000 Haitian nationals live between Miami and Palm Beach under Temporary Protected Status TPS which is given to immigrants from nations devastated by political turmoil or natural disasters. Haiti became a victim to both. The Haitian government is accused of being corrupt, planning million-dollar weddings, while citizens' living wage is less than $2 a day. Improverished citizens may resort to giving their children to extended family members or complete strangers where they become restavoxes. Restavec, Restavec, or a child staying with another person or extended family member who is treated as property and exploited for labor. Restavec, freedom. Google it. And teenagers basically become domestic servants, cleaning and cooking for families and receiving no pay for work they do. One in 15 children hating are leading the life of a Restavec. Reminds me of another term, Restafarian. Corruption, disease, devastation due to the earthquake remain a massive issue to this day, causing havoc and disrupting many lives. Despite all this, November 2017, the Trump administration announced that it wants to deport 60,000 Haitian protected by TPS back to Haiti by 2019. Two months later, on January 11, 2018, a Democrat, Senator Dick Durbin, and a Republican, Senator Lindsey Graham, accused Trump of calling El Salvador, Haiti, and other African nations, African-Caribbean uh, nations, Quote, and I'm not going to use the word, but starts with a an Ness. Another word for it is crap Whole Countries. The alleged obscenity was uttered when President Donald Trump and other politicians were discussing lifting restraints on immigration from the countries mentioned above. Durbin and Graham reported Trump later recommended bringing in more people from countries like Norway instead. Hmm. Trump denies all the allegations. South Florida lawmakers are outraged. And they want an answer. Republican Carlos Corbello tweeted, Under no circumstance is it acceptable to degrade, denigrate, or dehumanize TPS immigrants. The White House must immediately explain the situation and leave no doubt regarding what was said in what context. Exactly 10 minutes after Corbello's tweet went out, Republican Representative Jana Rosentinen, tweeted, the president calling Haiti a crap hole country ignores the contributions thousands of Haitians have made to South Florida community and our nation as a whole. Language like that shouldn't be heard in a locker room and sure shouldn't be heard coming out of the White House, end quote. Haitian immigrants make up 3.6% of the South Florida population. Restaurants like Yo's Restaurant and Bakery in Miramar are scattered everywhere. Yo is small. Yose is small, but very welcoming. On Monday, Julie writes, patrons are greeted by a kind, smiling face, and they order traditional Haitian cuisine, like cabret, goat, and a side of riz à champignon, rice and beans, if I pronounced that right. The Haitian culture stands out most prominently in the colorful streets of Little Haiti, in north of downtown of Miami, a South Florida neighborhood. The word crap hole is culturally divisive and turns the country's its aim towards into another. Using this sort of vulgarity effectively ostracizes and openly ridicules a nation and its people, stated Samuel Martin, an anthropology graduate student studying at the University of Central Florida. Insulting the motherland could cause Haitians and other immigrants to feel excluded. Well, absolutely, Samuel. He goes on and continues to say, like, perhaps they don't belong in a country built by people seeking asylum from a tyrannical government of poverty, i.e. Quakers, i.e. pilgrims on the Mayflower, a country built by people searching for a better life. Amen, Samuel, and thank you, Julia. Julia. And if you live in Miami and desire some good Haitian cuisine, Yo's Restaurant and Bakery. The article ends with the latter half of Emma Lazarus's sonnet. And I'm going to read it to you because it's extremely important. It reads, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, Yearning to breathe, free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest tossed, to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door that uttered from the lips of Emma Lazarus and stands along the Statue of Liberty. Welcoming those who seek liberty and freedom from all walks of the world. God bless this country. And thank you, Julia, for this wonderful article. Haiti, a breath of free air for you. Again, you can catch it at iantrottier.com slash articles. Now we transfer... On the morning of September 11th, 2001, this nation changed course. When I returned from my break, I'm going to have with us author of Solving 9/11, Christopher Bolin, perhaps what he's done and what he's researched. Will give us a new look on understanding history. I'm your host, Ian Trottier. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter, both handles at IANTROTTIER. And this segment brought to you by Local Insurance, Australia Insurance. I'll be back with Christopher (laughs) Bolin.
1: Yes, I am. Hello, Ian. Can you thanks.
0: Hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Uh, uh, thanks for thanks for joining the program. Um, I, I had had my speaker off. It is uh, my microphone off. It is it is now on. Um, Chris, uh, for listeners for listeners who don't know your work, you're the author of Solving 9-11, The Deceptions That Changed the World. It claims that the war on terror is a global fraud. Those are very Powerful. Uh, those are very powerful claims, and we're going to yeah. go into it a little bit. But to give listeners an idea, you you're a classic, all American guy, if you will, or boy, you you, you grew up an Eagle Scout in the suburb of Chicago, um, and um, you're a, you're a graduate of uh, University of California Santa Cruz. But something went off. Something changed. On 9-11, September 11, 2001, with you. Why don't you describe that so that people understand? Most of us, of course, yeah. having been born in the 80s, 70s, the early 90s, yeah. we remember that. We remember it. Yeah. We, we turned on the TV. We were there. We lived it. And I can remember, Christopher, that I personally, I remember watching and thinking, hey, this, this wouldn't have happened had Al Gore won the election." But that was just my first impression. You've got a totally different spin. So tell us a little bit about what what that was like for you to witness that. Where was this? What happened to you? When did you think, wait a second, there's more than meets the eye here?
1: Yeah. Well, I was an investigative journalist uh, working in Washington, D.C. when it happened. I was actually passing through New York City early that morning um, in the wee hours of 9-11 i um, getting back to my office in Washington. Um, and uh, the thing is, is that 9-11 um, became a, a, a huge uh, changing factor in the United States' history. Uh, we are not living in normal times. Everything since 9-11 is highly abnormal, the war on terror being extremely abnormal, America's longest war and most expensive war. Um, but as soon as it happened, um, <clears throat> I knew we were, it was going to change my life. I didn't realize how it was going to change my life. But the thing is, is that I saw from the very beginning that we were being given a, a false narrative. We were being, the United States was being deceived. The American people were being deceived by the government and the media about 9-11 in order to take to take us into war.
0: So, Christopher, you're you related to Sir Thomas Ballin, the father of Queen Anne Bolin, the second wife of Henry VIII, and the mother of Queen Elizabeth I. Your mother, Charlotte, has advanced degrees from Columbia University. She was also what's called a governess for the Farish family. And for listeners out there, William S. Farish, who your mother kind of brought up, uh, he was uh, the U.S. ambassador to the U.K., and he's a very close friend to the Bush Bush family. Um, these are all kind of very interesting connections that you have, Um do you want to expand on any of that?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, sure. When my mom was getting her degree from Columbia in New York, um, she she worked. She had worked and she worked as a governess um, in Manhattan um, for the Farish family. And as you said, um, I remember her telling me you know about this Will Farish, um, uh, you know about her some of her time as a as a governess for this uh, family. Uh, you know that's that was at the time very usual. Um, today, many of these people are are immigrants from um, you know abroad who do this kind of work. But um, in the 50s the 40s and 50s, uh, and and at that time the 30s, it was often um, American girls who did that. My mom was a governess. Um, the relationship to the Anne Boleyn family is very interesting. My um, I think we're related it through uh, uh, an uncle of of uh, Anne Boleyn, uh, William William Boleyn. Um, but it's uh, very hard to track that down. It's just that every my father told me as a child that we were related to Anne Boleyn. And now with in the age of Ancestry.com and, and internet research, um, and I've been, I've been able to go to Switzerland quite a few times to, to look into this because my Boleyn family came from Switzerland. Although the Boleyn family is not from Switzerland, they left England. My Boleyn apparently left England in the 1500s and then lived in Switzerland for a while.
0: Interesting. Um, Christopher, now I, there's 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 a lot of stuff. I, I obviously I haven't gone through your book, but but I've listened to some of your other interviews. You've got some real incredible. You're an investigative reporter. You saw the towers going down. What 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 was that kind of switch moment for you that said, "Wait a second, wait wait wait, there's something odd odd going on here."
1: Well, the um, the demolition of the towers was very clearly an explosive event. Um, that was very clear from the beginning. And, and what was interesting is that there were a lot of eyewitnesses there, who talked about explosives and explosions um, on the very first day, on PBC World TV, on, on CNN, on you know, all, and, and, and in newspapers and magazines. But that story, that those reports were being squelched shortly after 9/11, the next day, you know, they were they were, they were once and never repeated. Then I understood. That there was an aspect of the September 11th, namely the explosions in the World Trade Center, that were being censored, and they were being censored universally across the media by all editors. And I said, "This is very strange because Interesting. you know their, their own reporters are talking about it, and now they're 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 denying it and ignoring it and walking away from it. Mm-hmm. How do they know how to do this?"
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So it was being it was it was being controlled from the from the mass media. To an, it, it was yep. it was being they were being yeah, squashed. There's,
2: there's, yes,
0: yes. And uh, wow. Okay. So let's let's go back. Um, let's go back to I, I've 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 listened to your interview with Sean Stone uh, Buzzsaw. I've actually put that clip up on my website. Um, let's go back a little bit because I had I had been unaware of. The movie, is is it... Did I get this right? The, the Hannah Medusa?
1: The Medusa Touch.
0: The Medusa Touch.
1: The Medusa Touch, yes, with Richard Burton. And it was a film that was produced by um, Arnon Milkan, um, the uh, Israeli um, nuclear smuggling agent who uh, also produces movies in Hollywood. The first movie he made was The Medusa Touch. He made it in, in Europe. And it—it—it's it, uh, the climactic scene is a Boeing 747 crashing into the uh, Pan Am building in New York City.
0: Mm-hmm. So Made ha-
1: 1978. 1978,
0: okay. How do we get viewers, or excuse me, how do we get listeners of this program mm-hmm. to get that to resonate? What does that mean?
1: Well, if they, they should read Solving 9-11, um, you know, The Decision to Change the World, my book, or or the, the more recent book, my latest book, which is about the War on Terror... Um, called um, the War on Terror, the plot to rule the Middle East. In order to understand that the War on Terror is older than 9/11, the War on Terror was the reason for 9/11 to be done, and and it was like um, 9/11 was like the spark plug, the the, uh, ign- the ignition for this war. We have said in the America's longest war, 16 years of war, and most Americans, if you ask them, what is the national interest in Syria? What is the national interest in, in, in Afghanistan or Iraq or Somalia or Yemen or Libya or Mali? They won't be able to tell you. But those are just some of the countries where the United States is waging war in under the under the pretext of fighting terrorism. And it's a global fraud. It's taking the food off of the tables of American people. It's it's bankrupting our country and it's putting our children into a perpetual debt. This is the most expensive war in US history. Americans, you know, are are kind of like not really aware that the country's at war. Because it's not it's not in our places as it was during Vietnam or World War II or Korea. But it's it's a war. It's taking a lot of money and it's being fought all around the world and it's completely a fraudulent war.
0: So nine eleven in essence, in your argument, is nothing more than theater. It's it was it was staged and it was set up in order to Basically, legalize the from a U.S. standpoint, this kind of war on terror to spend money fighting terrorists. Yeah.
1: Well, yes, yes, yes. It was it was theater, but it was very real theater. I mean, in the sense that um, you know people died, and three thousand yeah. people died, and, and it was it was awful. Um, but it was blamed on it was it was it was it was done. It was done with high sophistication, with uh, a great deal of technology. And then it was blamed on these Arabs in Afghanistan, known as Al Qaeda and Osama bin Laden. And and then the United States, instead of instead of carrying out a criminal, a blue ribbon investigation, a criminal right. investigation, they called it. A, the government called it an act of war, and then went to war against um, Afghanistan. And so that yeah, that's what it was done for. And it's you know it and it they've they've corralled they've they've hijacked American policy with this act of terrorism. Which is not understood by most people. Many, many people understand that we've been lied to, but they don't exactly understand how it's been done. That's what my book uh, tries to explain: how and why and who did. So, uh, how
0: does the how do the how does the Bush family? Uh, how, why would they be entangled yep. in this? And and who is this war on terror benefiting? Who, who's benefiting this okay. from this? <laughs>
1: Well, the war on terror benefits uh, the um, the hardline Israeli government uh, led by the Likud, the Likud, which is you know Benjamin Netanyahu right now. Uh, it was started by Menachem Begin, the arch terrorist, um, in the 1970s. Uh, Ariel Sharon, the gen- the, mass- the massacre, uh, the genocide there of, of Begin. Um, you know our, uh, Yair Shamir and uh, Itzhak Shamir and things like that, and and. It's, it's, it, it benefits Israel because it takes out Israel's enemies all across the region and breaks them up into little statelets, like what's been done to Syria right now, or or Sudan, or Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia was a country, it today it's broken into seven pieces. Now, the Bush family is a very good question. The Bush family has a long connection with Israeli military intelligence going back to Iran-Contra, if, if not further, if not back, if you don't go back to the Kennedy assassination, you certainly, you certainly have um, the Bush family deeply involved, George Herbert Walker Bush as vice president, deeply involved with the Israeli operation known as Iran Contra. Iran Contra was run by Israeli Mossad, Israeli intelligence, a man named um, David Kimke. And, and George Bush and the Clinton, Bill Clinton as governor of Arkansas, were both involved, were all involved in this criminal operation um, known as Iran Contra.
0: Right, so this is interesting, Christopher, because I was actually researching uh, let's see I was re- I believe I was researching um, Cuban history one day yeah. and I came across uh, I came across a link to Sapata oil. Sapata uh, oil is an oil kind of a small island. it's an oil rig that's owned by the Bush family currently operating. Uh, I think Dick Cheney is involved in it or was involved in it. Um and what's interesting is that link sent me to a five-time Emmy award winning r- author who's been on my show twice named Peter Lance. His current project is uh actually it's investigating trump.com. But there's there's a lots of different like like a, like an octopus. There's lots of different kind of uh, tentacles that that stretch in a lot of different ways, but w- you've kind of narrowed things down um, very quickly and very abruptly to Israel. Now if we look historically, the United States is ba- is basically concepted from uh, r- really religious freedom speakers out of the UK. That's how I view it. Um, the, the the American Revolution and independence from uh, Britain is is a little bit different because uh, because Washington and, and those founders were a little more loosely connected to those initial pilgrims. But I mm-hmm. think you're trying to maintain those core values. So if we go back, let's say we go back at uh, 250 years and we look at the globe and we're looking at, okay, the shipping lanes and the natural resources for the most part the Spanish Empire is dying but the British Empire stays pretty strong uh, and is controlling most of those trade routes we would think logically 2001 man, and the dutch are in there right because new york uh formerly known as uh, new amsterdam the british uh the british had had renamed it new york and the, as a as they had taken control of it but we've got a lot of the same banking uh, policies and techniques that are based off of uh that that the, the dutch were operating off of um so there's a lot of different uh, historically there's a lot of different hands um if we take that into account, the World Trade Center was, and then we uh, we can go the whole Shorenstein and you can explain that. But the World Trade Center was, and it wasn't the only target. I mean, there's a the whole uh, item about the the, the the Pentagon being hit, and then yeah, there's 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 other planes up in the air that day that, that had different targets. But if we're saying that the trade center, the trade towers were 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 uh, purposefully hit. To, to well there's different reasons um, uh, but certainly to uh, change policy and then uh, tighten, tighten more define this uh, this concept of, of terror in the war on terror um, and we're, we're tracing it to Israel how do we step back and we say hey wait isn't there also a British influence here and is this a way for is this maybe a, a way of, of the British trying to manipulate things not to go too far off spectrum but Christopher so I've been doing this program for about a year and what got me going was the Zika versus the pesticide and what I learned is that there's a British owned uh, 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 genetically modified uh, mosquito plant down in the Keys that's been built on a public Florida public land all of the employees there are are uh, uh, required to sign non disclosures so they can't talk about what's going on in there. But the British government isn't paying taxes on it. it they've been they've built this facility to genetically modify and reproduce mosquitoes um, down here in the Keys. Mosquitoes are a big thing in the South; right? there's lots of mosquitoes, and uh, that's diseases and viruses can transmit fairly easy through through mosquitoes. Um, so that's a big. Th- the British aren't unwise; they're very smart people. Have they possibly tried to? Throw a coup over, you know, a large part of the financial sector in New York. Were they behind 9/11 in any way? You've identified Israel. Is there a, is British connection in that?
1: Well, yeah. When you talk about Israel, you're 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 always talking about, uh, you're talking about as well. I mean, uh, the hinterland, the 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 state of Israel has a huge hinterland, and the city of London is probably the biggest part of it. Um, the state of Israel is is uh, tied to the Rothschild family at the hip. And the Rothschild family is a, a very powerful banking family, of course, in Britain and the United States. Um, you know, when, when, when the British uh, drafted the Balfour Declaration, when they, right. when they signed the Balfour Declaration in 1917, it, it was a personal letter addressed to Lord Rothschild giving the, the British um, approval, stamp of approval, on the creation of the Zionist homeland in 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 Palestine, which mm-hmm. the British then controlled. So when you when you talk about Israel, when you talk about Israeli intelligence and things, you are you are you, you have to keep in mind that you're talking about the Zionist International as well, and the Zionist International is based in London and New York City. Mm-hmm. What so,
0: what what is the Zionist International? What is this organization? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the Zionist International is basically the, uh, the people in, in the world um, outside of Israel who are dedicated to the Zionist cause. Zionism is a political ideology. A lot of people have to put in ethnicity and the religion of the state of Israel, which is uh, a mistake, because Zionism, which the state of Israel is a manifestation of, is a political ideology, full stop. And it has um, supporters. It was created and supported by, as I said, the Rothschild family. Number one, they built the first 30 settlements in the state of Pal- in Palestine, in the nation state of Israel. Um, you know, starting 1900s. Um, you know, and, and and that, in part of my, my presentation, I always, um, you know, showed the Rothschild connection to the 9/11 crime because the Rothschilds were like two steps removed from the actual culprit. You know, these people that carried out the operation, in many cases, are employees of the Rothschild family. Rothschild, North America, what have you. The guys that, the guys that wrote the document calling for, uh, a, a, not a new Pearl Harbor, but the, uh, the, the catastrophic terrorism document, um, 1998, printed in Foreign Affairs magazine, written by Philip Zelikow. Philip Zelikow is the man who wrote the, the, the 9-11 uh, commission report. Um, he, along with uh, uh, John Deutsch and uh, um, the, the former Secretary of Defense uh, uh, Ashton Carter, Carter, these three men crafted this document saying that you know, catastrophic terrorism could hit America and it's going to change America. At the time they wrote the document, both Ashcroft and, and Deutsch were employees of a company that was owned by Rothschild North America. So, you see, that's what I'm talking about. It's like there's there are all these people who are working for the Zionist cause. but Don't live anywhere near Israel, uh-huh. so they live in America. They live in they live in England. But they and their efforts are dedicated to. And we have in America Christian Zionists. You know, um, there's a lot of people who are who are Christian who go to a church, but in their church they they, they hear every time they, they listen, they they hear this this drum of of promoting the state of Israel. Because you know, blessed are those who support the, the Jewish people or whatever, and cursed are those who don't. And, they, and, and the whole Scofield Bible thing has made, has made Christian Zionism a very powerful force in America. George Bush and, 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 and those people were all Christian Zionists. Donald Trump is, I suppose, too.
0: Right, who knows? Um...
1: Who knows, who knows? Yeah.
0: But he's he's certainly I I I had heard uh, one broadcast and it was more military minded folks uh, or connected folks and they were saying there's something like uh, thirty two or thirty three levels of secrecy above Donald Trump so he's he's a yeah. little more than a puppet from what I can tell
2: yeah yeah
0: um yeah. so so what is the <laughs> okay uh, I mean we can get into some of the evidence uh, that, that 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 I I want listeners to yep. really understand yep. what you've done and you know you, you this is all fact based uh, yep. a, a, and and this is stuff you've, you you've dug up and I really want yep. listeners to, to to truly understand what they're listening to because at the end of the day um, The U.S. Constitution, I'm obviously in Florida, Uh, you were born in Illinois, I don't know if you're a U.S. citizen any longer, Uh, but you are, okay, so at the end of the day, what is at jeopardy? is our our rights our freedoms our liberties and, and, and very much tied to the, the you know the constitution that, that you know freedom of press freedom uh, of religion yeah. those types of things that, that yeah. we take for granted but but with the war on terror there's such a broad definition yeah. for what a terrorist is now yeah. uh, it's like we you know we it's like uh, as a, as the average joe we're kind of like uh, we're like sinking in in a in a pool yes, yes. Nothing,
1: nothing nothing is normal Nothing. What thing in America today is normal at all, and it's not been normal for the last 16 years since 9/11. Mm-hmm. I tell you, 9/11. When I when I say that 9/11, um, they hijacked American policy. They hijacked. It's a big word. They yeah. took the American ship of state and took it on a completely new course. You know, and and like the uh, uh, general Leslie Clark said, you know, some hard-nosed people took over American policy and didn't tell any of us where they were going. And and he's absolutely right. There was no American understanding of 9-11. They took over the United States government and policy with 9-11 and took us into this war, this totalitarian um, police state mentality we're in right now. And and people that, that don't want to uh, understand this or don't want to pay attention to it or, or, or grasp it are living in denial. They're thinking that we're still living, everything's still normal, my life is normal, my house is there, Um, I still have food in my refrigerator, things are (laughs) normal. This is not normal. It's not normal at all. It's highly abnormal. And the sooner you get around to understanding it and and, and finding out what's going on, understanding that the war on terror is a fraud is a first part of it, and understanding who is behind this fraud is essential. Because you cannot resist a, a, a policy or a war that you don't understand. You need to understand what it is and who's behind it, and and what we're seeing. What we're seeing is we're seeing the shadows on the wall, like in the Plato's allegory of the guys in the cave. We're seeing the shadows on the wall. We're not seeing the guys in the back who are making the shadows on the wall. The, our media in the United States today is working on us on a psychological warfare operation, 24/7. They're they're completely messing up our thinking.
0: Right, right. So okay, so there's there's. There's a lot of different components here, but let's you know. Historically, we can look at before the British Empire, um, you kind of have the Roman Empire. Um, well, you did have the Roman Empire, and there's a there's a there's a school of thought, and I can kind of go that the George Bush line of thought, right, goes through Yale. We know both he and his father uh, and and the grandfather Prescott. They all they had all gone through. Uh, I think it was three twenty two is the, the is the society number. Uh, they're they at Don't Yale. Call. Yeah, and it's connected yeah. to uh, Ingolstadt in Germany, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and so you know, is that what do you how do you see the international? Because then you can kind of then you can also kind of piece in the Pope and 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 the mm-hmm. Pope's issues, and how do you and then you know, which are which are in stark uh, stark contrast to 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 a jewish based religion i mean it seems like the war on terror is uh, it's a religious based war and it literally is a religious based war it's just that the american yep. the american public have been led to believe that The uh, Islamic nation or the power of Islam, if you will, as a whole, is organized enough to come together under Osama bin Laden or whoever else it may be and ISIS today to really wage a real nasty attack that probably the CIA may even have a problem, Uh um, you know, computing and and calculating and and delivering. I mean, that was uh, that was that was genius, right? That was genius. Um, And go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Well, I would say first of all, uh, getting getting to the order and the societies that uh, George Bush belonged to and his father, what have you. Um, the Most important thing to take away from that is to understand that people like George Bush belong to secret societies, right. to which they are bound. Um, they have they have they have sworn an oath of secrecy, and they will work with and defend their 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 secret society above all else. And there are millions of Americans who belong to similar secret societies. Yeah. Um, so there's one the the Jews the Zionist Jews have one. It's called the Bene Brit, um, huh. and the Bene Brit is a is a very busy organization. Not only do they have a society, they also have they also have an organization called the ADF, the Anti Defamation League of Bene Brit, and they also have Khalel. So these secret societies are are simply, um, organizations that allow people to conspire and carry out conspiracies in a democratic society like ours. And sure. That is a part. That's a part of the. That's a part of the tool. That's part of the method. That's the methodology they use. Uh, what you're talking about, the war on terror being a religious war, that's the that's the fake part. That's the that's uh-huh. the game. It's not really. That's not what it's all about. The the point, the underlying strategy of the war on terror, is to control the Middle East. Hence, the title of my book, The War on Terror: The Plot to Rule the Middle East. And the, the underlying strategy is to break up the Arab states, like Syria, into ethnic areas. As you see, right now, as we're speaking, the big story in Syria is how the United States and the Kurds are breaking off the, the eastern third of, of Syria, over from the Euphrates River to the east, and calling that their, their Kurdish area. And the United States is very busy trying to um, solidify and, and control that, that breaking off of Syria. And the Turks are really, really miffed. And, and said they're going to strangle this this force of it in in, in the cradle. So this is the game. And we in, in. They've done the same thing in Iraq. Um, they've done the same thing in Sudan and Libya. They go into these countries on, under the pretext of fighting terrorism with their little Al Qaeda force or ISIS, whatever, what have you. In Syria, there was ISIS. In in, uh, in Libya, it was Al Qaeda. And they come in and they pound pound the infrastructure and the and the and the national government of that country and re- reduce it to chaos and break it into small ethnic statelets. you know weakening it and, and making it no longer an effective player in anything and and stealing all its wealth at the same time
0: and are you saying the world zionist organization is is really really at the helm of this and and and, and, and they're moving the pieces on the chessboard
1: oh yeah absolutely absolutely because the war on terror is an israeli construct a doctrine that has been articulated, has been in the plans since the 1970s, but was first articulated at a conference called the Jerusalem Conference on International Terrorism in 1979 in Jerusalem in July, and George Herbert Walker Bush spoke at the final session, <laughs> um, and and that's where they rolled out this doctrine that the new threat in the 1980s, late 70s and 80s, would be terrorism, and 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 that they called for the western states, the United States, to lead the western states into the Middle East to fight terrorism. And the logic goes very simply. Uh, Netanyahu logic says that Islamic terrorists attack Israel only because Israel is a western state. Therefore, the terrorists are really attacking the west. Therefore, it is incumbent on the west to fight the terrorists that are attacking Israel. That's it in a nutshell.
0: Now, as, you know, a listener's going to Listen to this and say, "Well, wait a second, But the Jewish, the Bush family they're 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 Christian. They're not Jewish.
1: Oh, I don't know. They may be. <laughs> um, you know, no. I mean, really, I'm serious. Um, the Bush family. You know, when you when you look back, yeah. the Bush Bush. There are there are Bushes. There were also there was a, when when George when the Bush family lived in St. Louis, Missouri. I, I you know I, there was another Bush family down there who was a wine merchant who was a Jewish guy. Huh. The Bush family may very well have uh, Jewish blood. Uh I mean, many many families do. And it's possible that they do as well. But but what is for sure is that George Herbert Walker Bush, the papa, uh, was involved in the murder of John F. Kennedy. There's no question about that. He was present and and involved in that and the cover up. And and that is the coup. That is the coup d'etat where this power structure took over the government took over the reins of power. And and 9-11 is a policy coup. That's that the government was already taken over in the days of, of, of LBJ. Then then the policy coup of the war on terror hijacked American policy in a specific direction, which is the perpetual war that we're now in.
0: Yeah, a guy, a guy that I like to listen to and study is Anthony Sutton, who is a former fellow at Stanford. Oh, yeah. you, you, you're, you're familiar with him. And... Along that train,
1: yeah, he did, a lot, yeah
0: he did a lot. of work in Santa Cruz, Along that train, Christopher, I was led to an author, uh, and of course, listeners that don't know that Anthony Sutton goes into the Bush family at Yale and their connection to uh, the Ingolstadt in Germany, uh, the University of Ingolstadt in, in Germany, and Adam Weishaupt, um, but. The the, the 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 train also goes into Anthony. Anthony did as he went into World War II and he, and he studied extensively the, the Vietnam War and uh, he and and of course we know that Prescott Bush uh, f- financed in large part the Nazi uh, regime. Um, but what I've done is I brought on my program an author actually out of San Francisco. His name's Mark Shaw, and uh, and he wrote a book. Uh, called the reporter who knew too much, which goes into the uh, the life of a uh, a TV icon uh, named Dorothy Kilgallen, uh, who was a personal friend of JFK, and uh, and she started investigating the assassination. Well, she mysteriously died in her uh, Manhattan apartment as she was discovering uh, perhaps a little too much um, mm-hmm. uh, about uh, about that death, um, but let's go into some of the let's go into some of the um, the, the, the 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 evidence uh, some of the stuff that 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 you've got that you've uncovered you, you mentioned those trade towers going down like explosions we know that yeah. building number yeah. seven flat as a pancake we can hear yeah. the interview by Shorenstein saying let's pull it that wasn't hit by even Perhaps even let's say just it wasn't even hit by a piece of debris, flying piece of debris right. from 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 an aircraft right. or a plane. Yet that thing goes down, as a pancake. Uh, Shorestein, what are some of the evidences that would kind of raise yeah. red flags for listeners and get okay. them looking into this? Good. Into this. Okay, good. The first,
1: the first thing is um, Silverstein. Uh, Silverstein was the owner of all three buildings, the de facto owner of the buildings, uh, North Tower and South Tower, uh, due to the 99-year lease that he obtained at the end of July 2001. But one of the most important conspicuous pieces of evidence is what is what I call molten metal. Um, before the South Tower fell, that's the first tower that collapsed on that day, uh, uh, seven minutes before it fell, a cascade of molten iron began falling off of the 81st floor. The 81st floor is where the plane crashed into. What was on the 81st floor? Well, the the the, the report won't tell you, but the 81st floor was a was a computer floor, a reinforced computer floor full of computer servers and what have you. But during the summer before 9-11, it had, been, it had been stacked full of these huge black boxes that were supposedly computer batteries. But they were never turned on because they weren't computer batteries, they were huge boxes of thermite. And when the plane went into that floor, a missile, a missile preceded the plane by a few milliseconds, igniting all of this thermite and creating a lot of molten metal. And just before the building fell, that that floor tipped a little bit the 81st floor tipped, and that iron that molten iron began pouring off it was white hot white hot molten iron it's like 1500 degrees celsius extremely hot which is why we have to understand the people who were trapped above the crash zone were being cooked alive which is why so many of them jumped to their death because it was extremely hot but this molten metal fell to the ground i mean that 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 was seen on the tv on 9 11. But the the mainstream media and the government never talk about this molten metal because it doesn't fit into their false narrative. And then the rubble, those huge huge clouds of debris that that went through the streets of Manhattan after the collapse of each tower, they contained like 10% of tiny droplets of molten iron that were formed in a nanothermite, a process in which thermite reacts with, with nanotechnology, created by nanotechnology, that was the explosive power that brought down the towers and created all these little time drops of molten iron. Hmm. Again, that's in, the, that's in every sample of dust, but they don't talk about it. And then finally underneath all three towers at the end of the day, there were these huge hot spots that were so hot. It was hotter than boiling iron and that it, it created this blue smoke that, that went into the air that was full of nanoparticles. And the only thing that could create nanoparticles of, of iron, for example, are temperatures hotter than the boiling point of iron so th- this evidence of molten iron which molten metal which is seen all throughout the World Trade Center saga is never discussed by the media because if they touch it their story falls apart but it's 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 evidence it's clear it's in in, in the report the femA report it's in the, in the, it it's seen everywhere it's photographed it's seen in, in videos so there's no getting away from that so I just uh, the, the listener who doesn't know about 9/11 I just say ask about the molten metal. Explain that. You will understand
0: how we've been lied to. The molten metal. It's like
1: a magic bullet. Yeah, molten metal. It's like
0: a magic bullet of of JFK. Christopher, so now why would, it would seem like it's in one way or another it's propaganda. Why would this film in 78 be created that's basically a a, a narrative? Uh, Why didn't 9-11 as we know it happened earlier than it did why was
1: Uh, a good question it was meant to happen much earlier that's a very good question it was meant to happen in the 80s the 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 plan to break up the middle east is called the Yinon plan um the the plan is being put into effect by the war on terror it's it's the oded Yinon, y-i-n-o-n an israeli plan written by a advisor to ariel sharon to break up all the arab states you know using this uh hammer and, 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 and wedge and break them into ethnic enclaves, exactly what's being done right now. And it was meant to go into, that was written in 1982, and it was this whole plan was meant to go into effect. 9-11 was supposed to happen in the, in the 1980s, and they and they actually, the Israeli Mossad guys who worked for Issa Haral, the founder of Mossad, the guy who predicted 9-11 in my book, they got the security contract for the World Trade Center in 1987. But when somebody at the court authority discovered that these guys were criminals, they tore, up the, they tore up the contract. But had that contract gone forward, had those Israeli Mossad agents gotten away with this um, you know, security contract deal with the World Trade Center, then certainly 9-11 probably would have happened in the late 1980s, as it was meant to do. They were thwarted, they had to go you know, do, do some um, changes, and it took another decade or so, and so it, it happened in, in 2001. But it was meant to happen much earlier, and had it happened, had it happened in in the late 18, 1980s, yeah. we would have been at a big disadvantage because we didn't have the internet. We would have been we would have been relying on on you know um, articles in Time magazine for our information.
0: Now there's a quote by um, George Sor- Soros, and and is it I'm going to assume that this this. Multi-billionaire, as I know him to be, is a member of the World Zionist Organization. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but the quote that I've got from his book is reads as this. The main obstacle to a stable and just world order is the United States. Changing the attitude and policies of the United States remains my top priority. Right. What does that say to you?
1: Right. Well, the, the, the attack on, on the World Trade Center, as I told one of my colleagues at American Free Press the night of the attack, is that this is an attack against us. This is an attack against the United States. This is, this is, a, this is and, and, and it, the ramifications of, of 9-11 and the war on terror, as you have seen, have been this, this, this 16-year-old war, which is, as I said, sucking the money out of the country like a, a giant sucking sound. The war, the war fighting in Afghanistan alone is costing U.S. taxpayers 100 million dollars a day, 100 million dollars a day. What did we lose in Afghanistan for crying out loud? Okay. Then the other wars, other places, other wars cost you know even more. So altogether, we're spending, we're spending the, our, our our children's inheritance, our children's yeah. our future <laughs> is being spent, right? That's yeah. It's funny. It's, it's very serious stuff. Yeah. And so this this is the this is the two-edged sword of the war on terror. As we are attacking these countries in the Middle East and whatnot, right? The back end of the sword is cutting us. It's cutting us. It's cutting social programs. It's cutting. It's cutting uh, prosperity in our country. And 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 secondly, with this, with these draconian laws that they push through, the USA Patriot Act and and other things, um, they are destroying our democratic republic. So it is very much. It is very much a tool of destruction. To, to destroy our country, the United States of America.
0: It's breaking down the fibers of it. It's breaking it right. down. So where does this go? Where? Where? What's the end game for? For? Where does this go in twenty years? Where do you see this going oh, in twenty years?
1: Well, well, in twenty years, God, I, I, I'm try. My struggle is what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to inform my fellow um, citizens about what's really going on as, and, and I give them. Truthful information about the war on terror and 9/11, and hope that, that 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 information will enable them to understand the times we're living in and to do something constructive against these uh, this war fighting and, and this this hijacking. It's like as I said, the U.S. ship of state has been hijacked and it's sailing into very dangerous uncharted waters. And what I'm trying to do, and what the people that are in 9/11 the truth're trying to do we're trying to turn the ship around, get control of the bridge and get the ship back on course. That's what we have to do. If we don't do that, if we allow the gangsters who carried out 9/11 to continue to hijack American foreign policy, God only knows where it will wind up. It will wind up with more more warfare, more poverty, more oppression, um, more violence. I don't think anybody wants that so it's really incumbent on, 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 on people. To realize that this is not going to stop, we can't trust, we can't count on the media, we can't count on Donald Trump to stop this war, this madness. We have to put pressure on our political leaders and our media to report and to do the right thing, and to and to, and to, and to, and you know, because we have been lied to about 9/11 for 16 years, and the purpose of the lie is to bring us to war. So we have to understand all this and and then stand up, get a backbone, and and fight against it.
0: And first of all, understand it and believe it.
1: Well, you—that's you, it. You have to understand it, but as I said before. You cannot resist a war that you don't understand. If you don't understand the game, if you don't understand the deception, if you're—if you're fooled by every every you know act of terrorism that, that occurs, if you're fooled by every every um, you know bit of nonsense they talk about on Fox News or CNN, then you're you're like a ping pong ball being smashed back and forth. You've got to get back and see what's going on, realize you're being lied to, and, and, and work from a truthful position with the facts and the truth, and work towards re-obtaining peace and prosperity if we can do that. That's what we have to do. It's incumbent. We have to do it. We're talking about the loss of, 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 American, of our, our American values. We're, we're talking about the loss of our constitutional republic. It's—nothing it's, else comes—nothing else matters.
0: So, is is this a multi-headed beast, and and are there possibly levels, and and we're going a little bit over time because I, I I like I like the conversation, if that's okay with you, I'd keep going for a few more minutes. But is there for we've we've kind of we've kind of pointed a finger uh, at the world Zionist organization, and then we're basically saying, hey, look, families like. The Bushes, and for all we know, um, you know Obama, a, a, Trump, uh, a puppet to the Bush, uh, Trump, a trumpet to whoever. Um, then we we throw in the Queen of England in there. We throw in. I'm trying to think of the world powers, and you know, even though China as a country becomes greater and greater and more threatening all the time, they're not a they're not a major power broker at the table from what I can see. But we're basically identifying. Look, the Catholic Church is still extremely wealthy and extremely powerful. Um, the Pope in Rome, so Rome remains a very powerful piece to that to that uh, on that chessboard. Uh, the Queen of England, uh, even though she seems to report to the financial heads, which she may or may not control, I, I don't really know. And then we look at the United States, uh, which is. We we look at the wonderful contributions this country has been able to uh, provide for the world. I mean, heck, the airplane uh, was invented here, right? Um, the telephone. Uh, we we've had some great contributions that we've brought to to mankind. But are there? Are you saying that the the world Zionist organization is what what people need to be focused on? Well, you
1: have to be aware of its power because, yeah. um, for example, when Netanyahu comes to speak at Congress, to yeah. Congress. He got 29 standing ovations. Um, this is a man who, who, when asked on 9/11, how will this affect Israeli-American relations, he said it's very good. He, he saw it as a positive development. He said it's very good. He said, well, it's not very good, but it'll, 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 it'll generate sympathy. Um, and, and you see, he said it's very good because um, 9/11 was the spark plug that, that ignited his little fire called the war on terror, which he had been trying to light for like 20 years. Netanyahu, the, the, the original uh, conference on international terrorism in Jerusalem, I told you about in 1979, where George Herbert Walker Bush spoke, at the Netanyahu Institute, he, he and his father hosted the event. Uh, he was a younger man, obviously. George R. Walker Bush spoke, was running for president, and went to Israel to speak at this conference about the war on terror in 1979. So it's. Um, yeah. You know, and, and one thing you have to understand about the, the Bushes and the Clintons and the Israelis is that, as I said, Iran-Contra was run by the Israelis. It was the operation where they were bringing, you know, weapons down to Nicaragua and cocaine to the United States, and then uh, money going to uh, weapons going to Iran. This triangle thing. Um, it, it involved the family, the Bush family, and you know, um, Mossad. The, the agent who ran it was a guy named David. Kim. Um, a British-born criminal an agent, um, and and you have to understand that a crime of that nature, a crime of that magnitude, yeah. it's treasonous and all that. But it's a crime committed together. It, it it holds people together, and that's why the Bushes and the Clintons have been so so much a part of American history for the last 20 years because they are deeply involved. They're deeply enmeshed in the crime, and 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 that's why they have so many criminal policies. That's why they're so gung ho. In, in carrying out the Zionist agenda, because the Zionists have, have the dirt on them. It's like, like, it's like gangsterism. You know, this, this international politics at that level is sheer gangsterism. And you do what you're told, or you die.
0: Is this, is in your opinion, uh, so a former guest I've had on program, Chuck Morrissey, his book, The Nazi Connection to Islamic Terrorism, he's based in Boston, and he's had Chomsky, uh, uh, Geraldo Rivera on his program, Casper uh, Weinberger. Uh, is is what you're saying? Is is this perhaps what caused the Adolf Hitler revolt? You know, is that is that is this why? Is it is it is it is it, is it, is it this agenda that caused him to uh, uh, to basically uh, form his uh, army to combat? Uh,
1: well, yeah, they're very similar: Zionism and racism. Uh, Zionism and, and, and Nazism are very, very similar. Um, you know, one is based on the idea of German uh, racism, German nationalism and racism. The other one is based on Jewish uh, nationalism and racism. Zionism um, is, is, a, is a racist concept. It, it's a concept of, of a state a people um, by virtue of their, of their ethnicity, of their, of their allegiance to that, that tribe. It's a, and, and for Americans for Americans to support such a, a, a tribal ethnic sure. state that is exclusive, exclusive and, and undemocratic. It's undemocratic in the sense that if you don't belong to that ethnic tribe, you don't belong. And it, it, we, Americans, we, we have this concept of, of one man one vote and you know, we don't care what color you right. are or what race you are. If you're an American, you're an American. Th- that's, that's what we should stand for. So for these Americans who who want to have a condominium state in Israel and 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 oh that's for us that's for that's for the chosen people that's bogus you know right. if you're an American your values have to be um, you know full time
0: right right we, we 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 protect and we love all and we uh, hey we. We are a refuge for the downtrodden, the poor, and, and, and uh, that's, that's, what, that's what we are. As We're a beacon of hope so for...
1: Is, so the question is, what are we fighting for in the Middle East? Why are we fighting in Syria? Why are we fighting in Iraq? Why are we fighting across North Africa and, and in, in Afghanistan? And, in, and you know, they're heard of You know, a, a couple of guys, uh, four Americans were killed down in Niger down in the Sahara Desert. What are we doing there? This is all war on terror. War on terror is not just a, a, a name or a, an identity. The war on terror is a program that is, that, that is sanctioned by and funded by Congress without any limits. It's part of the authorization use of military force that was passed shortly after 9-11. And any, and any conflict where the president deems that he's going out to fight terrorists who were supposedly involved in 9-11, he has the authority to do that, and this has to end. This has to come to a screeching halt.
0: Holy caroli, Christopher! Uh, what an incredible conversation! What? So your book is at on? It's sold on Amazon, correct? Yeah. Um, and it's
1: also on my website. My website is bollyn. B isn't boy. O l l y n dot com. And the book was written online. Um, you know, I wrote the book over a period of five years. So the, the, you can read the, the, the book, basically the first edition, you can read it on my website, Bolin.com, or you can buy it through the website, it's $20, or, or you can get the whole set, the, 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 the two solid 9-11 books, one is the original articles, all the articles are over a 12-year period about 9-11, and my final, my latest book is The War on Terror, The Plot to Rule the Middle East. And, and all three books can be gotten together. My website for fifty dollar donation to American American houses. Um, that's twenty dollars less than it costs on Amazon. Amazon sells the three books for seventy dollars.
0: Christopher, thanks uh, for joining uh, joining the program. Uh, coming on Winwood Radio, uh, it's such a pleasure, and uh, I hope to reconnect. We hope to reconnect with you at a future date. Um, it's been an honor, sir.
1: Thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure.
0: All right, over and out, and talk to you later. Hey, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Christopher Bolin, uh, holy smokes, <laughs> uh, 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 no pun there. Um, but, uh, look guys, um, this is, uh, this is the purpose of, uh, of this program. Um, if you go to my website, my tagline is be awesome. Okay. So I don't take sides politically. I don't take sides religiously. We've all got our own opinions. Um, we all breathe. If we're in the U.S., underneath that Constitution, there. But what uh, what what Christopher has uh, has brought here to the program is a very unique perspective. That the likelihood that you've been exposed to this uh, is probably pretty slim. Um, I've yet to come across anybody and there's different theories about 9/11 um, and uh, uh, you know it gives you your freedom to investigate and to go down any trail that you want but uh, but it, it sounds pretty uh, pretty accurate he's got a good argument and he makes a good claim um so regardless of what we're looking at uh what we are looking at is the need to uphold those freedoms and um yeah sure freedom of speech so if you got a u.s president uh that uh uses foul language and and puts down another country oh we don't really know where he's coming from but um he's got the freedom to do that okay fine but hey we've also got to stand up to that community and say, "Hey, look, you are loved here. And if you come and you work hard and you want to prosper, then that's what we all fight for on a daily basis. Is is to um, is to create that space for um, for everyone. Bring your bring bring us your poor, bring us your downtrodden, bring your bring us your homeless, um, and we will we will create that space. So, if there's anything that you can be doing in your day uh it, it should be that and um uh i urge you to to look into chris fraball google him research him reach out to him uh he's got some incredible information that uh, i think we can all take heed to um, and uh and i leave it at that com is my website i've got all my past Guests, their episodes uploaded. Catch Dr. Tenpenny last week talking about vaccines. Next week, I'll be bringing on author Ryan Walters, and joining him will be Mississippi State Senator Chris McDaniel. We're going to be talking about Ryan's book, Remember Mississippi, the book that exposed the GOP establishment and caused a party revolution in the 2014 Mississippi State Republican primary. According to Ryan, the effects of this insurgency was so wide, it affected the 2016 nomination of Donald Trump. And as I mentioned, we'll close out the month with Barbara Lowe Fisher, co-founder and president of the National Vaccine Information Center, and co-author of the book, A Shot in the Duck, which, by the way, the San Francisco Chronicle quotes as, Building a case that is cautious, credible, horrifying, and outrageous all at once. This is 2018. And the world changes whether you talk about it or raise a voice or not. And it needs your help. Okay? Hope that makes any sense. So my admonition to you is to be awesome, and until next week, please strive to do and be just that. Thanks for tuning in. Ian Trachier for Discussions. You've been listening to Winwood Radio.